Hello, children. What's happening out there? Pete Davidson here with another edition of the Rotobahn Pod. It's a draft day edition. And the last position that we haven't really dug in deep enough on um, is receiver. And I, you know, truthfully, I've been delaying this because, <laughs> for lack of a better way of putting it, I mean, I've been grinding and digging to find more film on some of these players. Um, there are things I want to know that I just don't know. Um, most of it has to do with the way they cover it on TV. Um, there's just a lack of footage when it comes to actual route work. I, I like to see what guys are like at the top of the route. And some of these guys, I see the end result, I see the release, but I'm missing a lot of the in-between. It's just the way it is. So I'm going to have to rely a little bit on the NFL. Um, I'm going to have to keep grinding. Uh, hopefully uh, more film continues to, to come out. And, and some of it's just a, a factor of time. Um, I haven't found it. It's there. I just haven't found it. Anyway, that's my problem, not yours. But, I, you know, I feel like, you know, it's important to be truthful. I'm not going to fill in the in-between with bullshit and then, you know, pretend like I know everything. I'm not going to do that. I like you guys too much. So, you know, let's move forward with what I, I do know or what, <laughs> or what I think I know. Um, mostly when it, you know, what I want to get into here, I've, I've found 26 receivers that, you know, I have some interest in. Um, I will almost guarantee that by the time the draft's over, we'll be able to get this probably to maybe 30, something like that, maybe a couple more. Always on draft day, there's a couple guys that pop up or I didn't give them enough time or maybe I didn't even see them or... Hey, maybe I've never even heard of them. It has happened. Um, so, you know, while we are the guys who told you about John Brown before he went in the third or wherever he went, and, you know, we, we've had a lot of good takes um, on this pod over the years, um, there are other times where, hey, you know, <laughs> there's like 100 receivers to watch out there. I watch as many as I can, and then sometimes a guy falls through the cracks or two. That's the beauty of the NFL draft. It will uh, point that stuff out to you and then you start grinding on those players and you sort of complete your board uh, after the fact anyway um i have sort of you know i've probably watched about 50 receivers probably more than that um and i've got 26 names right now these are guys where i'm interested it doesn't mean i'm planning on spending it means i'm interested and if they land in a place where the skill set that we have um you know graded or you know whatever we've sort of given this player in terms of what this guy's attributes are, if they fit well with the landing spot or if the player is taken higher than maybe we anticipated in a good landing spot, you know, our ears are going to perk up. And the same is true uh, in reverse. So let's, uh, like, like I did yesterday, we're going to sort of start um, with this, uh, the biggest tier, which is like my bottom tier. And, you know, really, if there's a place right now in my work where the lack of time shows up, it's, it's in this tier. Because I probably have this tier broken at least into two groups. Right now, I've got it as one big group. I'm going to sort of rely on the NFL, um, you know, to sort of help me define it after the fact. Um, about 12 guys here. Well, I think exactly 12. Um, starting from the bottom, uh, Bryce Ford Wheaton. Obviously, he's just mostly just a long-bodied freak who's just huge, weighs a lot, he's tall, he's a Johnny Bravo type. I have no idea if this guy can develop. I Truthfully, probably not, but you, <laughs> you don't discount a guy with this, you know, uh, this much speed and this much size. Similarly, Jason Brownlee from Southern Miss. Uh, I don't have, I mean, there's so little film I have on this guy, but hey, um, 
you know, he's he's long, he's explosive, and you know, he's got some exciting elements to him. Um, and then there's uh, Trey Tucker out of Cincinnati, guy I like, sort of a less polished version of Tyler Lockett. Um, uh, Dontavian Wicks out of Michigan, Demario Douglas out of uh, Liberty, uh, Nathaniel Tangdell out of Houston, who I know some people love. I just, I'm having trouble getting past the size. Definitely think this guy is exciting. He, I'd be really surprised if he doesn't stick in the NFL. Um, and, and in the old NFL, I'd say no way. No way. But in the new NFL, with all the three and four receiver sets, this guy could find a role. Um, and he's not a guy, like we talked about, um, who is being drafted just to, to show speed or something like that. This guy's a playmaker. Um, so, you know, if you have a really open mind, maybe you should maybe push this guy up a little higher. You know, when, when a player is this small, I, I, I tend to have some doubts. Uh, but clearly a guy with a lot of skill and a lot of ability. I think he will be making big plays at the NFL level. Just, you know, I see him as, you know... I have trouble seeing him as more of like uh, getting more than like five targets a week or something like that. Um, uh, Elijah Higgins out of Stanford, definitely a guy I've got my eyes on. Charlie Jones out of Iowa. Uh, Raheem Jarrett out of Maryland, I think probably deserves more love than I, I, I see him getting. Uh, Trey Palmer, Nebraska, another guy who, you know, I wish I had more detailed film on him, but I, I like what I see quite a bit. Uh, Parker Washington, sort of an imperfect guy, not traditionally built, doesn't have all the... The, the flashy aspects that we want from a receiver prospect, but man, the guy plays football. He just makes plays. So, you know, I'm interested to see who might take a jump on Parker Washington. Um, uh, Keishan Butte, I, I, he's on my board, but I have him fairly below consensus. Um, so he's in this tier as well. I know most people would have him higher. Um, now, there is then, once we get through that big group that I just went through, um, we have, you know, a, a small four-player tier until I get into my um, top 11. And in that tier, we've got Michael Wilson out of Stanford I talked about. He's the kind of guy where I just like him a lot. He's got size. And if he was to develop some route work um, and got the right situation, I could see him being a guy where the fact that he's on the field so much, he could end up producing some some stats. So I think he's a guy who's, you know, worth grabbing late or something like that, and we'll see what the NFL thinks of him. Jaden Reed out of Michigan. Um, I like him, I think, more than most. He reminds me of Jer Jeremy Curley, an old Jet receiver who I liked a lot. The difference is Curley was slow and small. This guy's not slow. Um, so to me, he's sort of like a Jeremy Curley who could be a lot better uh, than Jeremy Curley. Similarly, Tyler Scott out of Cincinnati, like this kid a lot. Um, Xavier Hutchinson uh, out, of Ohio, uh, out of Iowa State. Um, you know, just a real solid... Uh, prospect, not, you know, not a ton of ceiling, but 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 solid. Um, so that's those four guys are sort of tier three. Uh, I have them, you know, a step ahead of that other large group, um, but no, you know, nothing. I'm not going out of my way to get any of these guys. Um, now we'll get into a group that you know I get intrigued a little bit more. Now these are my top eleven, um, broken down into two tiers. Let's go into the uh, the tier two guys now. Okay, so first up is um, ATP, or A.T. Perry. Um, ATP, as I call him, nice bag of tricks to go with the length and the speed. Uh, there's some drop concerns, but I, I like the way this guy catches the football. I, you know, I think, yeah, he's probably had some concentration drops or, or whatever, but, you know, there are not a lot 
of guys in this class that really project to be X's. So, you know, Perry is certainly a guy who I think is going to get some attention, maybe even get a little overdrafted perhaps. Uh, but I see a lot of things that I like here. So I don't know what the cost is going to be to acquire, you know, uh, A.T. Perry and certainly um, not a guy that I'm like moving up to get or anything like that. But um, he, he looks like a legit NFL receiver to me at the very least. Um, Cedric Tillman. Um, you know, another guy, sort of a cheaper version of the longer guys um, who are likely to go ahead of him. Um, you know, Tillman's got a lot going for him, save for maybe elite speed, uh, but he's long, he's got big hands, uh, he can win in a lot of ways. So he looks like an NFL guy uh, to me. Again, not moving heaven and earth to get Cedric Tillman, but if he's there at a spot where, you know, I like the risk-reward ratio, I could see myself drafting him. Um, and maybe those, these last two guys should have been pushed down into a lower tier, you know, the, the, the third tier. Because I do, I, my, the, the next three in this tier get my attention going a little bit better. You guys know I like Marvin Mims. I've talked about that already. Uh, I'm a big fan. Um, I think he's one of these guys where he's such a glider that sometimes you don't see the speed. He's not a guy where you, he looks that explosive because he's, he's, he gets up to quick, you know, he gets up to top speed so quickly and so gracefully that I think sometimes, you know, we miss the torque, you know, and some guys you can really see that. Um, with Mims, he just, he's a real free and easy kind of runner. I'm a big fan. Um, and, you know, look, this guy ran really freaking fast. He played at Oklahoma. You'd have to be nuts not to see this guy as an NFL prospect. I don't know why he didn't have more buzz a month ago. It sounds like people are starting to catch up here. Um, but we'll see. You know, At the right price, I'm definitely uh, looking to be in the Marvin Mims business. Uh, but one thing about Mims, he needs a quarterback. You know, a guy like Mims will get killed by crappy quarterback play. Um, so that, you know, it's worth mentioning. Not that he's the only one. But um, next up, Josh Downs. Uh, you know, I haven't haunt Downs. I like him so much. We've talked about this before. This is really one of the players where I wish I had better film. I've got so much film of this guy breaking tackles. I've got so much film of him catching drag routes and picking up nice yardage. I've got some film of him beating the defense deep. What I don't have are, you know, much of his out routes. Um, even his, his mid-level in-breaking routes, I don't have much to go on. The thing is, there are a lot of smart people that say he can do it. So I'm very open-minded to Downs being better than what I want to say he is. Uh, and I'm really interested to see what happens with him on draft day. Um, last guy in this tier, um, another guy, He's so this would be my seventh overall guy technically, although again, uh, him and Downs and Mims, very interchangeable on my board. Um, in that sense. But I like Rasheed Rice out of SMU. I feel like he moves very well, very naturally. Uh, he's got ball skills. He's got length. He's got strength. Um, there's just a lot to like. Um, and most of the criticism I've heard of him is, you know, he doesn't play consistently. He's not the same guy week to week. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's true. I, I, I did not watch SMU's games week to week. So maybe there's something here. Again, this is another player where I'm sort of willing to let the NFL guide me a little bit. But I am a, I'm a Rushy Rice fan. Um, and unless something pops up that I don't like, I think he's going to at least maintain his position uh, on my board. Um, so that's sort of my second tier. These are all guys I like. Um, you know, probably not guys I am making any moves to go get. Um, and I think the next guy up probably falls into that category too. Jalen Hyatt, my sixth overall guy from Tennessee, who is in the top tier. Okay. Um, you know, look, the thing about Hyatt, another classic example of what I'm talking about, I don't 
have as much film on the mid-level route work that I'd really like to see to just jump in with both feet and say, I love this guy, you know? No, I like him a lot. I don't see a whole lot of things I don't like, but I wish I could fill in a couple more blanks. That's sort of where I'm at with him. The thing is, when you play in the SEC and you're constantly open deep, it's hard to fake that. You know, it's one thing to do that in a mid-level conference. It's a different thing to do it in the SEC. So I, he's in my, my top tier. He's an exciting player. It would not surprise me if this guy's really, really good. So, um, again, I'm probably going to lean a little bit on the NFL's take, a little bit. I'm going to want to see this guy with a quarterback who can throw accurately down the field. I don't want – he's another player where, you know, bad QB play can just sort of ruin this guy. Um, not that there's a ton of that level bad – in the NFL. I mean, this is one thing you see when you when you watch these college players and we talk about, you know, efficiency and stuff like that. There are college quarterbacks who can ruin receivers. Um, and it's important to understand when a receiver's got a quarterback like that. Hyatt did not have that problem, obviously. Um, so, that's uh, number six, Jalen Hyatt. Now we're moving into the top five. Now we're moving into... With one exception, guys that I'm really ready to sort of lean in on. Now, Zay Flowers, we've talked about. Um, here's another guy who's very similar to, you know, with Downs, uh, with Mims, uh, with Tyler Scott, um, Jaden Reed, and a couple other guys where I wish the film that I had to work with was more detailed, gave me deeper looks at the player. Flowers is very exciting, okay? He can do a lot of exciting things. The long speed isn't necessarily what it was cracked up to be, at least not based on the combine, but on film, he doesn't seem to have a problem getting behind the defense. I mean, look, this guy is very quick. He's very strong. Um, just from the standpoint of developmental talent, this guy's got a lot of the things that the NFL teams want. Even if it's not purely polished at this point, he seems to be the kind of player who could do some polishing. So, Unless Zay Flowers goes to a place where I'm like, I don't want any part of that, I'm probably going to be either where I'm at with him or better. I know that a lot of people have him at the top of the board, like number one receiver or number two. Um, hey, I'm open-minded to it. And if the NFL doubles down and, 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 and they're you know clearly looking at Flowers as a mid-first-round pick or whatever, then I will probably raise my um, level of interest. If he goes to Kansas City, obviously um, that would raise my level of interest. Um, you know, the, the, the things about him that I don't love is that he seems he seems a little mechanical for me catching the ball. I And again, the route work for me is a little bit of an unknown. So it, this may me, this could be just me not having enough information. And, and I, I really want to be honest about that. Um, next up is... Probably the love of my life <laughs> in this draft class, uh, Jordan Addison, um, you know, who played at Pitt and then USC, um, has had good quarterback play and is a guy who absolutely earns his targets. This guy does it right. The hands, the route work, after the catch, he's a leader. He's one of these guys who just shows up every single play, constantly in the middle of the action. There's just really not much to say about Jordan Addison that's bad. Now, he's not a burner, he's not real big, and he is a guy who's going to command a lot of targets. So I do have some questions if he goes to a team that can use everything he's got, is he the kind of guy who's going to be dinged up a lot? He may be. 
that wouldn't surprise me. His size keeps me from leaning in. If this guy were six foot and, you know, 195 pounds, I would would be moving around to try to figure out a way to get him because I think he's got so much natural football ability. He's so good at the game uh, that I would be willing to lean in more if he was a bigger guy. But I don't think his size is going to prevent him from being a good NFL player. It's more about durability. And it, it's interesting. Some guys, they're so good, it's going to be hard to see volume not coming their way. It's what we want, but it can be a little bit of a problem. Um, and... It's funny because I've heard um, Addison Compt um, in a couple places to Tyler Lockett, um, which I can see. Make, I mean, it makes makes some sense. Um, but the guy I tend to see when I watch Jordan Ad- Addison um, is another guy who played uh, for the Seahawks, uh, Tyler Lockett's old teammate, uh, Doug Baldwin. I, I, I see a lot of Doug Baldwin in this kid. Um, and look, you know, so... You know, if you followed Baldwin's career, um, it took him some time to develop. He was a guy who sort of came out of nowhere. He didn't have the profile that some people wanted. I don't even, I don't think he was even invited to the Combine. Um, this kid obviously is going to be a step ahead. I think he'll probably get there quicker. Um, but as we saw with Baldwin, as the volume accumulated over his career, so did the injuries. So, you know, that that's, that's, that's sort of the thing I'm concerned about. But I really do see this kid... Uh, being able to put up plenty of numbers. Uh, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. Um, so now we got three left. Um, and if you're paying attention, there's probably one name that you're wondering where he's going to be. And it's probably not the next guy. Because um, I know you guys know who my one is. So um, right now we're going to do the number three. That's Quentin Johnson out of TCU. And I think, <clears throat> you know, Johnson's going to be an example, I think. Of, of where this class gets tough. We'll, we'll sort of talk about that in a second. Look, th- there's nothing wrong with this kid I mean, in terms of being an NFL prospect. You know, I mean, I think he, he is going to be an NFL receiver. Um, you know, again, I don't have tons of examples of what he looks like at the top of his route. I'd love to see more. Um, but look, he played at TCU, played a pretty good schedule. He's constantly making plays downfield. Um, carries his weight pretty well, um, has sort of an alpha mentality, knows when to stiff arm, has a nice spin move for a guy, his, with, again, with a lot of length. Uh, he can do sort of smaller guy things as well. Um, he goes after the ball, he gets it. Um, so, you know, this, this is a guy I absolutely like. The, the, the problem is that, you know, this guy's like number two on a lot of boards. If the NFL leans in on this guy... In fantasy, you're going to have to pay for him like what you had to pay to get Justin Jefferson, or actually Jefferson was cheaper than he should have been, but, you know, this guy, I don't know if I want to pay elite dynasty rookie prices for Quentin Johnson. You know, relative to this class, yeah, maybe I do, but, you know, he's sort of an example, or maybe he is an example, excuse me, of why I'd rather just sort of slide down if receiver's what I'm chasing in this class. Um, That is, if I can't find guys I like where I like them. The beauty of this class is that my board may not resemble the final board and I may my guys may just naturally fall to me because, you know, of, the, of, of where they got taken in the draft. We'll have to sort of see how that shakes out. And again, that's for me. <laughs> you guys aren't going to necessarily have the confidence in my rankings that I do. Um, but Johnson is pretty well solidified as my, you know, in this uh, tier, if you will. Again, you know, I have more confidence in Addison probably more confidence in Flowers. Um, 
but Johnson, if he hits, could hit really big. Um, and again, it's, it's going to have a lot to do with where he lands. Does he have a guy, you know, an offense that can make him uh, into a, you know, a volume weapon? Is he going to have a quarterback that can deliver the ball consistently? You know, I mean, if this guy had the speed of like a, a, a Valdez Scantling, he'd be number one on my board. But he's a little bit more of a typical speed guy. Uh, has enough, but he's not so fast that, you know, he, he, he leaps off the page. Um, and sort of to put a finer point on that, the next guy up, who I don't even think is really known for his speed, is faster than Johnson, at least based on what I'm seeing. Um, and that's my number two, uh, Ole Miss, Jonathan Mingo. Now, again, he's in the same tier with six guys. I don't want to go too crazy. And in all honesty, I should just put Jackson Smith and Jigba in his own tier. I really should. And you know what? Let's just do that now. I have one player tier at the top. Um, but let's get back to Mingo for a second out of Ole Miss. I... Man, I don't understand why people are not higher on this guy. And and look, obviously there's some controversy. I have seen some people. I have seen some people on Twitter sort of arguing for him. I, I want to give credit where credit is due, but I can't remember who. Um, but you know, this guy's an athletic bully who has really the total package until you start comparing him comparing him to guys who are even better. I mean, he doesn't have the speed of AJ Brown, but he's close. He doesn't have the route work of AJ Brown. You know, Brown was a weird guy where he was able to show, even in that the, the, the scheme at Mississippi, he was able to show some pretty impressive route stuff. So Mingo isn't where AJB was, and he doesn't have the size, speed, out-of-this-planet combination that a DK Metcalf did. But in the delta between those two players, this guy, he's in there. He's got a lot of speed. He's got a lot of strength. He's got a lot of size. He's able to make... A lot of really, quite frankly, weird plays that you just don't see other people making. Mingo is sort of the receiver answer to Anthony Richardson in some ways, where we just don't see this combination of stuff very often. And I think for some people, they, I don't know, they, they get too hung up in finding what's wrong with the guy. And the real question to ask is, if you put Jonathan Mingo out there in a decent NFL offense, and he's, he's not the number one receiver, but the number two, if this guy's out there without special attention and you're getting him the football, the minute he shakes off a defender, he is a nightmare. I mean, this guy can do all kinds of after-the-catch stuff. He can just toss aside smaller defenders like they're nothing. He can, I, there's one play where he's warding off a guy with one hand, catching the ball with the other. He's got like serving trays for mitts, man. This guy, again, I maybe I'm missing something. Maybe there's an off the field thing I didn't catch. I don't know. But when you look at the strengths of Jonathan Mingo, you have to wonder, what are teams gonna do to deal with this guy? Um, to me, he's one of the guys in this class where if people are going to be off him the way they seem to be, if nobody's going to really want the guy, I may, this is a guy, maybe I move up to grab him at some point. Maybe. Probably not, because I'm just not a move up kind of guy. But, you know, if there's a guy in this class where I'm just sort of feeling like maybe people are missing it, I think it's Mingo, for what it's worth. Um... So yeah, I mean, I, I maybe the NFL is going to come in and just sort of like drop the hammer and take this guy high second, late first or something. And then, you know, it, it, that'll be all everybody needs to just jump in with both feet. Uh, I'm sort of hoping this guy goes, 
you know, goes too late like Metcalf. You know, I hope he goes too late. I hope he stays on the board till late second, early third, and then we really might have somebody we can steal on our hands. We'll have to see. Um, but I'm a Jonathan Mingo guy. In fact, around my place, Coach and I just refer to him as Mongo, for those of you who know your blazing saddles. Um, I mean, he's just a bully. He's a bruiser. Um, Well, you know what? That that's that's enough for Mango because I I want to get this thing in under thirty minutes because I know it's draft day and you guys don't have a long time to listen to this. And you know, just back to Smith and Jibba for a second. Definitely number one on my board. He's my number one guy. Is he the best receiver in this draft class? Maybe, probably. But what it's really about is what a player like this is going to be. He's going to be a highly targeted player. He has that functional equivalency to Cooper Cup. I'm not saying he is Cooper Cup. And of course, Cooper Cup wasn't anywhere nearly this high re highly regarded when he was coming out of school. I, I Go back and, it's sort of funny, go back and listen to some of the reasons why people said Cooper Cup wasn't good. It's sort of funny when you look at it in reverse. Um, yes, we like the Cup, humble brag. Anyway, the thing about Smith and Jigba is he's going to be that type of player where he's going to get tons of interior snaps. He's going to get freed up unless he is getting bad quarterback play. This guy's going to put up a lot of catch numbers, you know. So he's just he's going to have that counting statistic floor, um, and he may be able to add on top of it some pretty impressive playmaking as well. So I'm a big fan of uh, JSN, and <clears throat> that really does it uh, for my wide receiver board. Um, but before we go, I want to just talk a little bit about this class. And, you know, I've, I've heard, you know, someone saying it's not a deep class. I think it's sort of deep. I, I don't have trouble finding enough guys to be interested in. You know, my problem with this class is up at the top of the class. Once we get into that two, three, four, five, six, seven area, um, you know, this is not a class like the 17, 18, excuse me, the... 20, 21, 22 kind of class. We don't have multiple Jamar Chase level players in, in the same class. You know, we, we don't have guys like DK Metcalf going the second round. This isn't one of those classes. Um, but I don't know if it's one of those classes that has nobody in it either. Um, I think it's just a little bit light at the top. I think the guys, you know, in one through five are more typical of guys you might see three through seven or something like that. So there is a certain lightness to the top end. I don't think it's a great year to be stuck in the first round and needing to go receiver in a draft um, because I don't think, I mean, I you know, I remember drifting Michael Thomas like in the eighth round of a rookie draft. You know, I mean, this doesn't feel like one of those years. But I don't think it's a year necessarily to get discouraged. My preference in a year like this is to have extra picks in the second and third so I can get more bites at the apple and hopefully find those slipping types of players um, versus moving up to get the guy I love in the first. Um, and, you know, what? we'll have to sort of see. Uh, this thing's going to get reshuffled. How high are the running backs going to go? How high are the tight ends going to uh, um, Are they going to go? How... How early are the quarterbacks going to go? Is that going to squeeze some of them into round one? A lot of that, you know, how this stuff shakes out will have something to do with how many of these guys get pushed into the second and become values. Um, that's where, and that's where this draft class is going to be interesting because we've got a lot of guys we like, but how many can we push up into the elite area? Um, 
So, you know, if you're a person who, say, in a non-super flex draft, and say you've traded up and you're holding, like, three first-round picks, <laughs> not a great year to, to be that guy. Um, you might want to try to move some of that. Um, but I don't think this is a year where you, you know, you want to just say trade out of the draft entirely. You know, I know some people who like to do that. Um, anyway, so, you know, that that's, that's sort of where I'm at. I think this draft class is in some ways misunderstood. I don't think we're going to look at it, you know, retrospectively and be like, there's no talent here. I do think it's going to be one of those classes where we look back and go, Ooh, we got a lot of stuff wrong in terms of this guy ahead of that guy and blah, blah, blah. Um, so in that sense, it's a year to pay attention to the NFL. It's a year to respect the fact that they've got more assets than we do, you know, um, and don't get too hung up with your heart. You know, um, the other cool thing about this class is that there's a lot of guys out there who play the game right, who play aggressively. Um, there's a lot of players we like more than their athletic profile. Um, so, you know, yeah, it's not a year where we have like a Terry McLaurin level player that we want to trade up for in the second round. Um, by the same token, maybe someone we really love won't, will go a little bit later and, you know, we, we, we will have a second round target. Let's, let's stay positive. Let's see what the NFL does to us. The, the snow globe is about to be shaken very heavily. Um, and, uh, you know, for those of you who've been listening to this podcast a long time, you know that this is where we tend to do some of our best work. So, um, I am about to post this podcast. Then I plan on taking a nap. <laughs> getting myself ready for tonight um, and coach and I are going to be doing a lot of film sharing and brainstorming back and forth as we see where these guys go looking at depth charts looking at schemes and trying to figure out who um, are the guys who are having value changes based on what the NFL has done who's moving up who's moving down who's unchanged and so on and so forth and then when things get really exciting is when we start to actually get some rookie draft data coming back our way and we can say, hey, look, player X is a value, player Y is a value. Looks like round three is a place we're going to be able to get some talent, blah, 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 blah. Um, so that's all to come um, towards that end. Like I said, going to get some sleep um, and enjoy the draft tonight, folks. It's draft season. Giddy up. I swear.